Hello, and welcome to Paragaming Productions, where my name is Jared. As always, I am your lovely and grateful host of the day. Uh, today is actually Friday. Um, I, I'm doing things a little, little differently here. For those of you who are watching on the YouTubes, and you can watch me right now, um, you can see that I am most definitely uh, not wearing the same clothes, because yesterday uh, I had the... I had my, uh, what's it called? I did the main interview. And with the main interview, uh, what ended up happening was uh, we didn't talk too much about gaming. Doesn't seem like, uh, doesn't seem like DJ Kraus, who is my guest, uh, who's a comedian, part of a band, who likes football a lot. Well, likes football a lot, lot. Um, turns out that uh, not a big gaming fan. Not a, not a big gamer, so... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go ahead and do gaming stuff here because we are a gaming podcast first and foremost. And then we talk about whatever uh, comes to my mind from the internets. So we're going to touch on a, a couple different things here. Uh, we've, got some, uh, we've got some police news. We've got some sales and some stuff. Blizzard and Madden kind of suck. Um, as well as some other stuff. So uh, some quick interesting news here. A former PUBG pro player, Taylor J, is dead. Uh, after a police manhunt, it's apparently uh, he only made sixteen thousand dollars during his uh, his two year career playing for a couple different PUBG competitive teams. Um, he actually competed in something uh, about a year ago, and uh, police uh, in North Carolina think that he, he had an altercation with his ex girlfriend after he shot her a couple times. And then uh, he ended up taking his own life, from what it sounds like. Uh, they say, I, I love how they, they call it a self-inflicted gunshot wound. Um, yeah, he, uh, he took, he took the, the quick way out instead of being prosecuted for his crimes, is what it sounds like. So he fled from North Carolina to Pennsylvania after he shot her a couple times. She is in stable condition, which is good. Um, I know that they're probably going to use this to say, oh, video games cause violence and blah, 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 blah. Um, uh, you ever watch those dumb, you've ever watched those really, really stupid, uh, what's it, uh, like, if you ever go on Reddit and you, you watch the, you know, like, our trashy stuff, or I'm a total piece of, uh, total piece of tr shit on, on Reddit and stuff, like, I always like how the videos start off, like, halfway through, halfway through, like, an altercation, and you're like, where did this come from, what's the, what's the beginning story, ooh, I wonder if you guys heard that one, it, it, there's a beautiful thunderstorm going on right now. The the thunder is just amazing. Like, it is angry outside. Um, so, like, it just... You know, like, I always wonder, like, what caused... What led up to that situation? Because, uh, like, a lot of times I'll see these videos online where it talks about, like, you know, the R trashy or the R, you know, I'm a total piece of shit. Something like that where something bad happens and then you don't know the whole backstory and it changes the the dynamic. So, I, I mean, like, I don't condone violence upon anybody for any reason whatsoever, but I'm always interested in what caused the violence, you know what I mean? Like, what led up to the, the you know, this, dom this d domestic dispute, you know, was was there not, not enough peanut butter in the pantry and she got pissed off? Did, uh, you know, did their, did their pet uh, poodle or something like that get really, you know, uh, angry and, and nip at him and... You know, like, well, like, there, there's got to be some reason why it all transcended. Um, and, and I mean, from what it sounds like, ex girlfriend, that could be a whole lot of issues. So, uh, yeah, a, a very, 
small-time e-gamer uh, took the easy way out after trying to kill his his girlfriend, ex-girlfriend. Um, don't be stupid, I guess, is, is the... Is the, is the thing that was one of the more prominent, it was one of the prominent things that I saw. And I just thought that I, it needed to be dispelled that it's like, don't be a dick. Like, come on, don't, don't be a dick. Like, video games, video games don't make you violent. If you're a violent person, you already have violent tendencies. Um, so, Corsair though. Uh, so, some, some cool uh, video gaming accessory news. Corsair apparently has a very comically large desk fan with RB RGB lighting, and uh, the 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 George Jimenez or Jorge Jimenez says I'm pretty sure people would buy Corsair's gigantic gigantic joke cooling fan. It legit looks like one of those box fans, just with Corsair's logo and RGB. Like they basically just took a mini fan, scaled it up to like one of those box fans. And made it like a Corsair RGB fan. It looks cool. Uh, it's called the Corsair LL500MM RGB. It looks, it looks ridiculous. I I love it. Well, let's turn that off there. Got a gentleman talking. They're taking measurements of the fan, making it bigger. Yeah. So yeah, like I like I thought they they decided to to put it into a box. Like it's a, a legit box fan size. It's kind of hilarious. I'm not in life. I didn't have my birds. I would buy that. Because I'd want to put, like, something... Like, they stay away from my fan. The fan that I do have. And that has, like, grates on it. But I definitely want to put grates on it. Just because, like... Um, <clears throat> you you know, like... What, what is it? Um, like, they, they have to put, like, a, a... They have to put a sticker, Do Not Eat on Hammers or something like that. Because, you know, dumb people have done dumb things. So, you know. Stupidity reigns supreme. Um, I don't know how relevant this is going to be. Because uh, I didn't really... The, the article didn't really talk much about it. Uh, this this was 11 hours ago, so this uh, this may be a day or a weekend sale here. But Razer sale, uh, save up to 60% on gaming keyboards, mice, and laptops, and more. Uh, score a discount on a dozen of Razer hardware items, including some of our favorite gaming peripherals. This is by Paul Lilly at uh, PCGamer.com. <clears throat> so they've got like the Razer Black Shark V2 gaming headset with the 7.1 THX spatial surround sound. I do use the spatial surround sound on my HyperX Cloud 2s every so often, and I will admit they're really—it's really nice. You can get a, um, like when I'm watching a movie or listening to uh, when I'm playing some video games. Sometimes I don't even like. I sometimes can tell when I don't have the 7.1 spatial surround sound on, but like the V2 gaming headset is uh, on sale for 79.99, saving you 20 bucks. The Razer Death Adder Essential Gaming Mouse. 6400 DPI. I don't know what that means, but I know that's I know that like might be relevant to a couple of you. That's on sale for 20 bucks, uh, down from 50 bucks. Uh, there's a uh, the the Syrian X microphone, the Basilisk Hyperspeed wireless mouse. I mean, the average saving is about 20 bucks or more. So, yeah, I'm. Oh, uh, the what is this here? Is this an actual complete setup? Oh yeah, the Razer Blade 15 laptop 2020 is on sale. Holy banana sandwich! I have not heard that before. A Core i7 10750. I I, I I didn't think that it went that high, but yeah, apparently you can save like 325 bucks. It's got a 1660 Ti. It, it's a laptop, by the way. Um, 120 hertz, 1080p, 16 grams, 
uh, 16 gigs of, of RAM, 256 SSD. Uh, you can get one with a 2060. Uh, you can get one with a 2070 Max. I didn't even know the 2070 was a was a card. I thought it was a 20. Okay, but yeah, it only sounds like the 1660 is is on sale for uh, for a little bit of money. So yeah, you could get yourself a Razer Razer Blade 15 base gaming laptop that looks pretty 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 dope dope. Uh, there's apparently only 10 left in stock, and this is at seven o'clock at night. So I don't know how how relevant that might be. But I know that they have other ones in stock there as well, too. I'm just surprised. Uh, you know, like, the one thing about gaming laptops that I've always been interested in is uh, I've always been kind of curious, like, what... Um, I, I don't know. I'm not... I'm not sure what I'm trying to say here. Like, I never really understood why the the laptops... Like, I don't I don't get laptops. Like, I've always wondered how good they really are because like i know my pc is constantly plugged in but like how much of a drain like how much like if i decided to get on an airplane and start like and i had a fully charged laptop like how long how long would it actually last how long would the battery actually last while i was playing uh ooh, uh, more power more frames talking about that uh all graphics memory and storage upgradability ultra small is what they're talking about. Yeah, 120 hertz, 1920 by 1080 display, anodized aluminums, zero bloatware. I don't know. I uh, what is bloatware? Oh, so probably just every the bare minimum is is installed to to take care of what you needed to. Mm -hmm. Only four and a half pounds. Interesting. Only four and a half pounds. Came out about a year ago, December fifth of twenty twenty. Where's the information section? Uh, let's see here. Yeah, it's got a camera, slots, seventy-seven five-star rating. That's pretty awesome. Um, build quality. Waiting for replacement. I should have listened to the reviews and advice on the laptop as being defective. Really, it doesn't have the the side by side like it doesn't have a comparisiones. I hate that when they don't have the comparisiones on everything where they where they compare all the stuff. I always I always hated that when they didn't have that. Um, where where like they they tell you like when you look at different products, they'll tell you about different products. Apparently, there's a live stream that's related to the product that's going on right now. Trisha Hirschberger. I have not seen that woman in a while. Oh, she literally just went offline. I Trisha Hershberger. I remember her from when she used to work with uh, Philip DeFranco. God, that was so long ago. All right, on to the next interesting part here. Blizzard will no longer name characters after real people. Uh, so apparently, a couple people and uh, like Overwatch's gunslinger McCree's name is being changed because uh, Jesse McCree was a lead level designer on Diablo Four. Diablo 4 was one of several senior Blizzard staff that was dismissed after the lawsuit that was brought against Activision Blizzard um, after numerous complaints about unlawful harassment, discrimination, and retaliation from the comp, uh, you know, uh, at the company. I always thought that was weird. I, you know, like why why this stuff like it is a like. I mean, I get why you you name you name people certain things, but I just don't see why 
this is I don't I don't, I don't get it excuse me sorry I've, I've I'm drinking some clear American wild cherry I don't I don't understand why it that's a thing I don't get it, it I think it's I think it's stupid um, like you don't like if you're gonna name somebody after like a lead designer or some like I don't know it, it just it it baffles my mind because it, it leaves the door open for for issues in the in the past or in or in the future I should say where like you can you can uh, you can run into these problems like if like like I was talking about with the with the whole uh, with the whole Bill Cosby thing earlier where they had a cardboard cutout you know they had the Bill Cosby suite because there was a cardboard cutout of Bill Cosby in there you know like what if it was you know Je Jeff Goldblum or something like that you know it, it's just it I like. Don't ever come out and just be like, "Oh yeah, this was named after our lead design developer Jesse McCree." You know, they. I. I just. I. I feel like if you're gonna name a character, you should just name the character and stick with it. It doesn't matter what negative connotations it has. This is. This is all part of this. This nonsensical ca uh, cancel culture with all this other dumb stuff. And that's. That's a part of it. I just. I think it's stupid in its own right. I. You shouldn't change a character like what ten fifteen like. How like how long has <laughs> when was Overwatch? Uh, when did Overwatch come out? Yeah, 2016. the The dude has been a part of the game since 2016. Is now 2021, and because this thing happened, you're gonna get you're gonna make an adjustment on it. I, I that 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 baffles and boggles my mind. What doesn't baffle and boggle my mind is that Madden NFL 22 got a rating of 7. I'm surprised it didn't get worse, fellas. I'm surprised it didn't get worse. Um, so there, there's, a, there's a couple ratings that uh, GameInformer.com gave it. The concept, step onto the field once again is your favorite NFL team, but crowds and momentum play more of a significant role this time around. I've seen some gameplay where on the bottom right-hand corner, it'll be like, oh, like uh, home field advantage or something. Like there's a bunch of information that's right down there in the bottom right-hand corner that like tells you your advantages and disadvantages. It looks pretty cool. Uh, graphics, when the main, when the many technical errors aren't ripping you out of the immersion, Madden FL 22 looks good. Spectators feel less mechanical. Uh, spectators feel less mechanical thanks to new crowd animations. The sound commentary gets repetitive fast. But the remastered crowds sound great when the momentum is in the home team's favor. Playability. Uh, the core experience is extremely familiar, but the gameplay enhancements, both subtle and apparent, improve the play-by-play -play action. Entertainment. The atmosphere uh, and enhancements are welcome additions, and the on-field action is largely uh, sound. But Madden NFL 22 suffers from a lot of technical issues that hold it back, and its replay is moderately high. I always find it weird how like they might talk about replay a replayability for some of these sports games because it's like yeah there's not there's not really much much in the way that you can say there's replayability when it comes to specific games because like if you want to play a baseball game you're not going to play a baseball game and be done you know what i mean like you're going to play you're going to maybe play a round or you're probably probably going to play a couple games or like what i do is i sit down i run through about a season or two i don't play you know all 17 or 18 games uh, you know, like I'll, I'll, I'll simulate a couple games. Uh, usually I, I like to simulate through the season up until like right before the playoffs. 
if I need to win a couple of games, I, I try to win the couple of games so that way I can make it into the playoffs. And then I, I, I definitely do, you know, win the Super Bowl almost every time I play. But, like, to me, it really speaks volumes when, like, you know, these games are like, oh, replayability, and it's, like, moderately high to okay. Like, dude, you like, there's there's not much you can do. There's really not a whole heck of a lot you can do. There are some of the... Some of the game modes are interesting. I'm like... Because I've got Madden 21. Yeah, I've got Madden NFL 21. And, and the only reason why I have Madden NFL 21 is because it was on sale. Um, and the reason why it was on sale was... Uh, I think it was like a summer Steam sale or something nonsense like that. But, like, there's, there's that game where it's like 6 on 6 or 7 on 7 or something like that. And it is interesting. Like, I do like the game. Like, the game is fun. The, the replayability is fairly decent and fairly high but at the same time it's uh it's kind of annoying um when there's certain game modes or there's certain uh not game modes but there's certain whatchamacallits uh there's certain um certain as like the jerseys are weird the play style is kind of interesting uh, it's more backyard football and like I don't, I don't mind it being backyard football and all that other stuff but just every once in a while it kind of confuses me uh with who i'm playing as or what have you like I just wish I wish that the game had had more. I mean, the concept uh, like feels like there 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 could be more to it. I I almost feel like they need to take a playbook out of some of their older generations where, um, you know, I've had this I've had this for the longest the the issue for the longest while. Like, there's only a few teams like your relocations, the the relocating your team or making adjustments to your team. There's only so many good, you there's only a few good uniforms out of like the, the 10 or 15 places that you can go. Like, I just, I wish you could, I wish there was more customized, more customization available to you. Like there were in the older Madden games where you could relocate to wherever you wanted to, you could relocate, you know, it's like, where are you moving? You could make up a town name. You could, and then it's like, well, where's this, where's this located? And then you choose what state it's located in. I just, I wish that, you know, there was more customization. Like, let's go ahead and, you know, choose from one of like a hundred different logos or some, some nonsense like that, you know, or, or there was maybe like a build your own logo creator, like how NCAA 17 had the, uh, you had the ability to go online, make, make a whole team online and then upload it to your, and then you would download the information to your PlayStation. And it was like a program that you could edit. You know, if like if I wanted Parrot Gaming Productions, you know, I could upload the logo, size it to the helmet, and then I I could download the game, and you know, like that would be a, a team that I could play as as you know the tropical the you know the tropical parrots or something stupid like that. Who knows? All I know is that Madden NFL seems to have regressed from when I used to play Madden. Um. An interesting story that I actually talked about yesterday. So I was super tired when I did. So I, I did a part part one yesterday, like right after we I did the initial thing, and I was super tired. Uh, I felt very hungover. I you know it's funny I don't drink. Period. Um, I just felt super tired. I was I was ridiculously. I was out of it. I was just straight out of it. I I was not. Um, it was not coherent to say the least. I'll just put it to you that way. It's not coherent because. Um, I, my sleep cycle was all off, just everything was, was off. And I had tried, I tried my best to do it. And I, and I explained partway through that, like I had woke, like I, I, I randomly went to bed at like seven o'clock, woke up at like two in the morning, two or three in the morning. And then I decided I was going to, I decided I was going to power through it. Right. So like, I'm going to power through this. I'm going to, I'm going to make it through it. 
and I'm going to make shit happen. And what ended up happening was at about eight or nine in the morning, I got really, really sleepy. What, what USB keeps plugging in and out? What USB keeps going in and out? Shut up. What is going on now? Is it, is, is it my thing? Is my camera being all weird? I guess my camera's being all weird. All right. We're going to go ahead and uh, make an adjustment. All right. Everything appears to be working as it should be. I swear to God, this this high-def camera that I have right here, this wide-angle 1080p, uh, 30 frames, I think it's 30 frames a second, uh, it uh, it has issues. Like, it only likes to be plugged in. Like, it only likes to be plugged in in a specific spot. And it, it's really weird. So I don't know what the hell that was. I don't know why. It, it's weird. Like, it has to be plugged into this one. Like, it only has to be plugged into a specific outlet. But as I was saying yesterday, um, I decided to do this whole thing. And I'm glad this article still came here. And so uh, Time Magazine ended up uh, working with Fortnite to do a March Through, DC, uh, March Through Time, DC 1963. Uh, so I'm just going to read right from GameInformer.com right now, uh, an article by Marcus Stewart. It went a little bit more in depth than the article I read yesterday or that I saw yesterday. Um, basically, Fortnite has hosted brand crossovers and digital concerts featuring real-life celebrities, but it is also, uh, but it hasn't held many events that would be normally deemed as educational, and that's a quote. Uh, that's changing as Epic and Time Studios have partnered up to launch an in-game experience dedicated to the works of Martin Luther King Jr. The, uh, to answer what's likely your immediate question, no, this is not a competitive event. In the slightest, nor is Dr. King apparently uh, an in-game character or purchasable skin. Rather, the event, called March Through Time, celebrates the upcoming anniversary of the March on Washington for Jobs and Freedom, August 28th, by letting players peacefully watch the entirety of the late rights, the late civil rights leader uh, speech where he, you know, the eye of a dream speech within uh, the world of Fortnite. The event kicks off today and is described as a year long experience. Um, it looks like they're basically, you know, they, the players are transported to a reimagined version of Washington, D.C. in 1963, as seen in the trailer. And the events, uh, the event serves as an interactive museum of sorts. And I did see that they, they get to go through uh, an interactive exhibit. Um, so I, I was kind of curious about it because I'd, I'd seen the article yesterday and it didn't really make sense because it was like, is there going to be a skin? Is there going to be, you know, like, is it going to be like, what, what can you and can you not do in the game? And it sounds like they basically are disabling almost everything. And it's just basically like, here, go check out Martin Luther King's I have a... I have a dream speech and like it's it, it seems like it's a legit legit educational thing um all right so arby's now officially sells dungeons and dragons dice um i you know what I, yeah i'll go ahead and show this to you guys here let's go ahead and see how well that looks on on, on, on there uh yeah so arby's officially sells the dungeons and dragons dice uh for those of you who are listening in the podcast uh, they are clear with they are clear dice with the Arby's hat. It looks like the hats in between there, as well as uh, it's the the gold Arby's um, the gold Arby's writing. I guess you would call it uh, on the D twenty. The Arby's logo is a twenty. I think on the D six, Arby's is the uh, the Arby's logo is a, a, a D six. So that looks kind of interesting. 
Um, and of course, Leanna Rupert, who is my favorite writer of all time for GameInformer.com. She wrote the article, so I uh, I feel I feel blessed to read the article from her. A lot of the articles that she writes, I like to read. I don't know why that's a thing. Um, what was it? PS Five Reef. There's 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 another. Oh yeah. So that's right. What is it here? Uh yeah, Madden uh PlayStation rips Madden a new one. Um Where's the article here? That's that's something else I wanted to talk about. PlayStation rips Madden 22. Okay. Yeah, but apparently there's there's a lot of high a lot of high stuff that's going on right now. Let's I, let's go ahead and watch this, I think. All right. So, uh there's this there's this gentleman here. Sorry, it, it's a it's a video. And I can't I don't want to play audio because I, I know it's going to suck. Um, but apparently there's a couple of articles, like a, a couple of articles. I don't know if it's PlayStation four is what it sounds like, but Madden 22 is, uh, seems to be pretty pissed off. A lot of people seem to be pretty pissed off. Uh, face of the franchise, a waste of time. Uh, let's see here. This, uh, I guess these are user reviews. Face of the franchise is EA's attempt at creating an engaging story following an individual player from college to the NFL. The positions available to select from include quarterback, running back, wide receiver, and linebacker. Once you select your position in class, you will select from a limited limited handful of colleges as your origin. Uh, I selected the quarterback position and the magician, which is balanced, uh, is a balanced quarterback class in the University of Oregon as my college. Once the story arc kicks off, you're introduced to a few annoying characters who will be your hype team and trainer in the NFL uh, in the lead up to the NFL draft. You start things off with training camp, which will determine a few st uh, starting skill points. After that, you'll play through a couple flashback games during your college years to build your potential hype behind your player. There will be a few side objectives like interviewing with the press uh, or selecting to go to Hawaii to play in a Russell Wilson charity event, which parallels gameplay from the yard. And the yard is that weird gameplay I was talking about. Then you're off to NFL Combine to, de uh, to determine your position in the NFL. Um... And then uh, here's another review. The Yard, half-baked NFL straight. The backyard-style football mode, The Yard, makes a return in NFL in Madden 22. There are a total of eight venues to visit. Uh, Hawaii, Italy, Berlin, and uh, London. Each team is given three drives to score as many points as possible. Uh, uh, so yeah, it, does, it, it sounds like it's kind of a half-baked idea. Uh, so the final word here, this player gave him a, a score of three. Man is a billion-dollar franchise that has grown uh, that has grown con content thanks to its exclusivity deals. EA takes zero risk and fumbles each year, providing us rehashed version of previous uh, entries. Madden NFL 22 is no different. Major improvements are outweighed by a series series uh, by series fatigue. Inclu instead of focusing on giving us polished gameplay mechanics and improved franchise mode. EA focus is d divided into unwelcoming modes like face of the franchise, the yard, leading to an overall incomplete and broken experience. Wow. Fuck off. Don't play. I don't pay you to play. Uh, 
to be honest with you, I didn't spend much time in the Ultimate Team. Uh, this one is by Ma uh, the Madden Ultimate Team, EA's Cash Cow. I resent this mode. It's EA's pay-to-play feature in Madden. Yep, the the Mutt Team, the Madden Ultimate Team, is is definitely pay-to-play. I, I fucking hate the, the Madden Ultimate Team game. Uh, it encourages you to spend money to unlock better player cards from your team. Otherwise, you're stuck grinding for hours on end. Yep. Even if you spend hundreds of dollars or hundreds of hours, it's only good for a year. Your master cards carry over as lower as lower overall players, but your coins, points, and other players don't. If you don't spend money, then there really isn't much of a point. Your 75 or overall team will be hit against some 90 overall team in online, and you'll get destroyed. Simple as that. Um, so keep talking about that so yeah it basically talks about that at the at the whole thing that's the problem that i've had with the madden ultimate team i absolutely hate the madden ultimate team for for two reasons you you seem to have to grind and grind and grind and grind and grind to get just some of the most barren like i started to play it and i think i did like two or three i think i did like two or three challenges i barely made any coins i i, I think i unlocked like 170 per like 170 card but like I thought it would be different. Like I th I think that the concept, the idea concept, the concept behind it is really good. I absolutely 100% think that the concept behind the game is 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 a like it's a great concept. They just need to reinvent things. Like the fact that you know if I spend maybe a hundred bucks, I can have like a, a level 80 team, and if I go online and playing against some level 70 team. And I, I, I get a win all the time online. And that's another thing with the online with the online gaming. I, I, I don't like that because I, I, I watched a guy play the other day and he showed how broken like he like him and this guy went back and forth uh, on a couple plays where they scored a couple different times on each other. But the dude was like, check this out. I can one or two play touchdown with this one with this one uh, with this one play because he would run up against. Uh, free safeties that were always in zone coverage and the zone coverages were always blown and like I, it was like a 15 minute video and I watched all 15 minutes of it and he was right every single time he he ran a play like every single time he ran a play deep Helio would you relax what there is nobody there is nothing chill there is nobody there is nothing nothing <laughs> that happens that happens every so often he decides to lose i'm sitting nothing adjusted no, yeah nothing changed i'm just right here so anyways yeah um men ultimate team is kind of is kind of uh trash but the the last the last bit of gaming news here that i wanted to touch on uh talks about uh talks about steam's two-hour refund policy forces horror developer into an indefinite absence the policy means well, but continues to punish developers of smaller games. This is brought to us by Kotaku.com. So, Amika Games, the lone developer behind games like the recently released Summer of 58, has decided to leave game development for an indefinite amount of time after Steam's two-hour refund policy resulted in a huge number of returns for their latest tiles. So, the Summer of 50... I don't know why he does that. So the Summer of 58 released last month and has not uh, has been well-reviewed on Steam with an overall positive rating and loads of fans leaving nice comments giving practical praise to its atmosphere and, and jump scares. But as, as a short experience, it can be completed in around 90 minutes. That's, that's left the game vulnerable to Steam's blanket two-hour refund policy. 
The policy which lets any Steam user get a full refund on a game if they've played it for less than two hours means well. And if you if uh, you were only 90 minutes into Assassin's Creed or Valhalla, it would be uh, a perfectly fair and practical way to handle a matter. But for games that can be finished in under two hours, though, it's a huge problem. So, uh, yeah, it, it sounds like you basically beat the game in under two hours, and then you can go ahead and get a refund for the game. And apparently people are using that to their uh, advantage. Beat a game in... Uh, the, the, oh, God, that's... I, I was kind of curious where that article was going, and we learned at the same time. But, like, could you imagine that? Like, that's ridiculous. Um, yeah, and then that's left Amica Games without the funds to continue work on their next game from day to day. And as a result, they've issued a statement saying that they're leaving gaming development for an indefinite amount of time to collect, uh, to collect thoughts. That's, that's fucked up. That's so jacked up. That's that's so horrible. I that I don't even know what to say. Like that sucks. That sucks so much. Couldn't imagine that. Like you make a game, you make a game that's got a 90 overall positivity rating, but then you know, like you you throw it out there that it's like, "No, this this game there's only 90 minutes, so I beat it in 90 minutes or so." And then you get a refund. For those of you who are watching, I've, I I think I, I like. <laughs> for those of you who are watching, I think I spilled the cream cheese on myself today, and uh, well, it, it's it's just kind of funny because uh, I think I mentioned it earlier. Like we've had a nasty, horrible thunderstorm here, and I just I got uh, yeah, I uh, I took Helios out today. I uh, just a, a quick funny story. Uh, so like I've I've been trying to get a girlfriend for everyone kind of knows this for the longest time. But I thought I almost had it in today. So I, uh, I, I had to roll through to pick up some groceries and stuff like that. And uh, I, I rolled up and I, I, I called the phone. I called, my, I, I called the, the groceries because I, I, uh, I do online pickup where, you know, I order stuff, drive over, pick them up. I got Helos chilling on my shoulder because he wanted to step up and hang out. So I was like, fuck it, let's go, let's go pick up some groceries. This girl with the cutest voice ever answered, you know, my phone and was like, oh... Goody, the, a, a cute girl's coming out, and like, she's like, all right, I'll be, I'll be right out with your groceries. It's like dope. She gets to meet Helios. Helios was squawking while I was on the phone with her, and uh, you know, she thought it was kind of cute that he was there. And then all of a sudden, she comes out, and uh, Helios is, 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 is it, <laughs> Helios is still squawking, but it very much isn't the cute girl that answered the phone. Some dude. So I thought that was, uh, that was kind of, uh, kind of neither here nor there. I was like, biscuits yeah, and gravy. I was like, damn it. Um, yeah. I, and then I uh, kind of came home, made myself breakfast, ended up taking a nap, literally passed out watching some World War II documentaries, and I didn't even bother changing. I just, I woke up, I was like, I gotta do this, because I gotta edit, I, I've gotta, I've gotta make a couple edits now that I'm doing an online video, uh, an online video thing, so if you, if you want to check out the online video stuff, uh, it's just gonna be on my YouTube channel, Parrot Gaming Productions as well, too. You'll be able to see the, the video versions of all this, um, you'll, uh, I'm, I'm hoping to do more video pa podcasts uh, because I know I know listening to a video or listening to a podcast can be fun, but maybe seeing my dumb face and the birds in the background would be kind of cool. Um, I had a little bit of technical difficulty when I first started talking to DJ Kraus, so yeah, I just wanted to uh, just throw that out there that it, it wasn't the most polished experience, but your first experience is always a live and learn. Um, I hope you guys enjoy it. I'm going to go ahead and uh, transition here real quick. We're gonna go ahead and have DJ Kraus on. We're gonna talk about talk about some football, talk about being a, a comedians, 
and, and some other stuff. So, like I said, he wasn't too big into games. So I, th I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to go ahead and skip over some of that. Uh, I'm, I'm going to I'm going to transition into it. I, I think we talked about it for like two minutes or something like that. But he was he's not a big gamer. DJ Krause, how dare you come at him? <laughs> he's not even here to defend himself. I loved you, man. I loved you. I had you on. I wish we could talk more about more and more about uh, gaming. Uh, he is a retro dude, though. Like I'd like, I'd like to take a roll of quarter. Like I'd like to get twenty bucks worth of quarters, give him a roll of quarters, and go hang out with him in an arcade. I think we'd have some fun on some some Mrs. Pac-Man. You know, some of those old school retro games. He sound it's it. He sounds like he'd be a blast. Like I said, you know, here's a roll of quarters. Here's my roll of quarters. Like like how I used to in Sam's. Uh, man, I remember going to Sam's Pizza up in Wausau. Um, Ooh, yeah, might know where I live a little bit now. So Sam's Pizza is is this town up in as uh, so up in Wasa. There's this town called uh, there's this place called Sam's Pizza, and I remember we used to go there for our birthday parties and stuff like that. And it'd be funny because like our parents would be like, "Here's a roll of quarters, Jared. You know, go play whatever." And me and my buddy would put in like three or four dollars with with Mega Man, and we'd we'd be playing Mega Man or we play The Simpsons and we try to beat the game. And and DJ Krause, you sound like the kind of guy that I'd, you know I'd like to go. Here's here's your roll of quarters, son, and then we just play a bunch of you know Mega Man or Pac Man or something like that. So it was fun having him on. I I, I for sure I'm gonna try to maybe have him on for some sports talk here in the future. He definitely sounds like the kind of guy I want to talk to about NFL. He sounds like a very competent individual. So we're gonna go ahead and bring him on. I'm gonna stop uh, I'm gonna stop polishing him off there, and we're gonna just go ahead and have him on and enjoy his company. All right everything's going to adjust it's going to meh we're going to go into the let's go into the past hey welcome to parrot gaming productions where my name is jared as always and on this week i have a, a comedian who's in a band talking about some video games and, and his name is dj kraus so dj go ahead and give me a little introduction let the people know what's up yeah um thanks for having me on um I am in a band, like you said, uh, with my cousin. Uh, we are called The Noise Noodles. Um, so we do comedy music, and then I also do stand-up, which is fun. Uh, and I play a lot of video games, so that's also fun. <laughs> All right, well, stand-up, a, a band, as well as playing a lot of video games, that sounds like the perfect, uh, perfect trifecta of awesome there, my man. And because this is video gaming, why don't we just start off here? You told me you play a ton of Pokemon. Like, uh, I've noticed a theme here recently. Like, dude, everybody plays Pokemon. Like, so I guess, how did it start? Where, where did Pokemon come into play for you? Yeah, for sure. Uh, so Pokemon Emerald was the first video game I ever played um, when I was, I want to say I was five or six years old. Um and so it wasn't even my copy. I played it with my older sister a lot. And uh, yeah, so Pokemon has been a thing throughout my entire time playing video games. And I still play it a ton. Okay, man. Pokemon Emerald. So if that was your first, because like I was, I was, you know, Pokemon Fire, Pokemon Red, and 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 Yellow. So I I, I take it that I'm I'm a bit older than you are. If Emerald was your first game. <laughs> yeah, I I'm 22. Okay. Um, no, that's uh, yeah. That's not and bad. Then Fire Red was the first game I ever beat by myself. All right. Nice. 
What, uh, who is your starter that you chose? Who, who do you usually roll with as a starter? I mean, I, it's, I know that it's the most chosen and like, I understand I'm a normie for it, but I have liked Charizard my entire life. And, <laughs> um, I chose Charmander always and forever. And the only reason that I beat fire red when i beat it was because i had a really strong charizard hey if if any i mean if it works for the marines if it works for the fire department it's got to work in in pokemon right you know burn it down burn it you know so that's awesome um what other kind of games do you do you really play i mean pokemon and you know i don't want to really gloss over it but like i said apparently the last few guests i've had just it's pokemon pokemon so uh, let's try to throw a little variety in there. So wh what's up? What's up with uh, the other games? What else do you play? What what else is out there? Yeah, I I think uh, the game that I've put the most time into uh, on my Steam library is a Pac-Man Championship Edition DX. Um, <laughs> okay. Which is it's Pac-Man but new, and so like I hate playing the old pac-man games but i love i love this one and it gives you a little ranking at the bottom with like where you rank in the world and i think i'm in the top one percent right now okay so what okay so it's not the old it's new what's what's i mean how do you really expand upon pac-man or am i maybe you know because like i'm thinking retro arcadey so yeah um it keeps a similar aesthetic with some visual upgrades. So, like, obviously, graphically... I mean, they have tried to do different stuff, and you can use different graphical styles for this. But, like, they... I guess graphically, they super neoned everything up, so okay. it's just a lot brighter and it feels fuller. Uh, they added some features. Like, you can press a button, and it does a bomb, which... Uh, causes all the ghosts to like go back to the center and Ooh. stop chasing you they also have this mechanic where there are some ghosts that stay stationary but when you pass them they start forming a line behind you okay. and then they're just chasing you around everywhere um and so it's just like yeah there's not much you can do to change the pac-man formula and they've tried to in the past to differing results but um yeah i really it's a lot of fun and they have like time trials and point like 10 minute point score trials and yeah so they they turned it they they basically 80s it with a lot of the it sounds like they basically took a playbook out of the 80s and and made it more of kind of like a speed racer kind of thing is what it sounds like yeah a little okay. bit that's not a bad comparison all right so that's that's kind of where you lean heavily towards a lot of those really retro-y arcade, arcade kind of style games? Yeah, I haven't really thought about that, uh, but that is pretty accurate. Um, I do venture into some other stuff. I'm a big sports guy, so I play a lot of the sports games, even though they're getting worse <laughs> as time goes on. But um, I also... Have, I play like a lot of Nintendo stuff, and I guess that goes along with the retro e more. Okay, uh, we will touch on football because I I've been watching some of the preseason, and uh, I gotta say there there's a lot of nonsense that 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 really irks me. 
I think it was you that said that you're more into the NCAA than professional. Was was that you, or was that maybe somebody else? I think that was someone else. Okay. I'm super big into the NFL. I love college. I graduated from Penn State, so I'm a big college football guy. Um, but I also, like, NFL has a deeper place in my heart uh, than even college football does. So for those of you who are not watching the, the, the video cast, which is something I am trying new, he's got Penn State as, as his uh, <laughs> he's got Penn State batters in the background for his windows, which is pretty dope. <laughs> Um, so what, what, what games do you play? What is it? Fee? Are you more of a FIFA kind of guy? Uh, Madden 22. What, uh, what, what sport games are you into? Yeah, I like Madden. I like doing the franchise mode on Madden, mm -hmm. um, especially some of the older ones. Uh, and I always do the like fantasy draft option. Yes. Yes. So you can just get like, I I'm trying to think of some of the teams I've had. I've had like Philip Rivers playing with like Frank Gore and like <laughs> just weird stuff like that. And it's always fun to see like different players on different teams than you're used to them being on. Yeah, I've, I actually just I, I had a run where I uh, I took Baker Mayfield, paired him up with Le'Veon Bell, Tyreek Hill. And actually, OBJ for a little while, and then I had a I had a couple of good offensive lines, and I had a subpar defense. But OBJ kept dropping the ball. I was like, "Hmm, that's pretty interesting." You know, I throw some <laughs> I, I throw him some lasers, and I'm like, "Isn't he rated like 90 or some crazy like?" So, all right, I, I gotta ask then: if you are going for a draft pick, and you could use everybody that's in the you know that's actually playing right now, like Trey Lance and 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 all those other guys. Who's your who's your quarterback? Who's your running back? And give me a good tight end that you would actually pick. Ooh. Um, if I'm going for my first pick on a quarterback, I think I'm going to take Josh Allen. Um, I was a big Josh Allen guy before people believed in him, <laughs> um, mm -hmm. and I it's just he uh, he has the arm. And he can scramble around and get it done. And now he figured out the accuracy to put along with that. Oh, yeah. Um, and having Stefan Diggs helps a lot with that. But <laughs> um, I think for, uh, for running back, um, I mean, Penn State, I'm a big Saquon guy. And if he's healthy, he is the most dynamic running back in the league by far. Oh, for sure. Also... Fun fact, uh, I grew up in the same area he did, and I played in a high school football game against him. Really? What, uh, what, yeah. what were you? Uh, were you on the app? Were you defense? Yeah, I was a defensive tackle at the time. I, I was a backup, so I didn't get in until a bit later in the game. But <laughs> Okay, I, I do have to ask then. How did you fare against him, or did he run you over? Um... Yeah, our whole team didn't do great against him. <laughs> um, it's always fun. Some like there have been times where, and I'm a Giants fan too, so it's like I've seen him from like high school to my favorite college team to my favorite NFL team, um, and then sometimes the Giants will post like his high school highlight tape, mm -hmm. and I'll just look and I'll be like, oh, I know some of those guys. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I. Uh... 
you know, I, I look at some of those players, and because like I'm a little bit older, I'm I'm 34 actually, and it's always hilarious. I'll, I'll you know, they'll be like, oh, so and so is like 32. I'm like, oh, there, wow. I wonder what I'm, you know, like you, you see these guys and they're just doing so good, and you're like, well, I'm in a little half trailer running a little podcast, you know, just grinding away at it, and these guys are multimillionaires. And you're like, ah, life can take a real wicked turn, can it? <laughs> I mean. At 22, I'm even feeling some of that because some of these, especially NBA, some of these wow. guys are like 19 and like just destroying everyone. And <laughs> I I shouldn't be feeling as old as I am, but watching sports <laughs> makes me feel super old. You, you want to hear you want to hear an interesting story? Uh, Shaq, though, like uh, he's I I know that I think it was probably a, a couple different interviews where he talked about like his beginning. Where I think he had he had he was paid like a couple million to start off with, and within like a week it was gone. Like as soon as he started, and he he tells such a great story about being fiscally responsible. You want to hear about how not to do it and then to recover? Shaq is a really good story. He he, he does talk a, a great deal, but I divulge because yeah. that's that's sports talk. Um, so with with the with the Steam library, I gotta ask because I'm the same way. I've got like maybe 40 games that I have in my library, 20 of which are downloaded and five of which I actually play. What's, uh, what's yours look like? Yeah, I, I know. I, uh, I think mine is worse than yours, but let me pull it up. Um, let's see. So I, I own 118 games. Nice. Um, I have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Uh, I'd say I have about twenty to thirty downloaded. Okay. Um, and then I actually play maybe a third or half of those. And and how many of a third or half of those games that you actually do play are the Jackbox series? Because you said that Jackbox is your fondest memory. Yes, uh, I play Jackbox is probably one of them is probably like second or third in amount of time played. Um, yeah, I, I do have a lot of fond memories with Jackbox because uh, throughout college, me and my college roommates, which I, I lived with like there were times where I lived with six people, uh, six other people at the same time in college. Uh, and so that's enough to play a full Jackbox game. Oh, yeah. So it would just be us playing sometimes. Um, and there's a, there were a lot of really great inside jokes that came out of that, that we basically ended up creating more or less our own language where we would be saying words to each other in English, but nobody <laughs> listening would understand. Yeah. With, with Jackbox, for those of you who don't know, Jackbox uh, is, is essentially a party pack games where you, you, you uh, I think it's some of them are a minimum of at least two up to like eight or eight different people where uh, they just created these party games that you can play and they're r ridiculously fun. I, I've got a buddy of mine who I play with almost, uh, you know, every, every so often. They're absolutely fantastic games and that dorm life, you know, or college or, or those party houses that you guys lived in because... I mean, I, I joined the military. I never went to college, but, you know, my little brothers did. And I, I heard all the stories. I visited his uh, little frat house where there's like eight or ten of dudes just just living it up. You know, the, it was bad. But, you know, you'd throw throw jackbacks on there and you could get a couple different people. Did you have any specific 
I don't, I don't know, I don't know if you'd call it a game or a specific mode that you enjoyed the most out of Jackbox. Yeah, I think my favorite one, uh, I believe it's on Jackbox Three. It's called TKO, mm-hmm. um, and basically the premise is uh, you draw a couple pictures and then you write a bunch of words or phrases that. Uh, then we'll get combined onto a shirt. So you get somebody else's drawings and a bunch of the different catchphrases people put in. Uh, And there can just be some really funny ones where (laughs) it lines up perfectly and people get the perfect combo of the picture and the caption. Um, Or it can just be completely out of left field, two things that shouldn't go well together that do. Um... And you're also drawing on a phone and you have like 30 seconds. So all the drawings are terrible, which is hilarious in its own, right? <laughs> um, so I think that one's probably my favorite. Did anybody have a stylist or, or like they were a pretty good artist on their phone? Um, no, but we had ah. a couple times where, pe- where people would draw something and we'd be like, how did you draw that in that amount of time? <laughs> uh, but no one went super, super hard mode with the stylus. Okay, because I had, uh, we, in, in our group, I, I used to have the LG Stylo 2, and I used to, like, I try, I used to try really hard to get pretty good. And, you know, you've seen some of those people on, like, stream or whatever, and they're pretty awesome. Um. I, I do have some quick questions here, uh, kind of gaming-related, if you will, some things I've, I've been watching today. Have you seen, uh, I guess, some of the hypocrisy? Uh, uh, have you been keeping up with Twitch at all and some of the... Uh, it's a little bit older news, but have you have you ever kept up with Twitch and its weirdness with hot tub streams and some of the, the weird things that go on with Twitch and that kind of realm, the different double standards for people at all? I'm vaguely aware because I think my knowledge of it mostly comes from seeing people joking about it on Twitter mm-hmm. and so I'll understand the meme but I won't actually know specifically what they're talking about oh, okay. um, so I have a I know a little bit about it but not a whole ton okay yeah because I was uh, I, I watched a couple of YouTube videos today and uh, just the differences of, of where someone's talking about uh, essentially a double standard that Twitch has. And then all of a sudden, you know, th- their next tweet or the next post is something that's straight up on par with that. Um, but I- I'm glad that you enjoy the NFL. I guess we're going to shift gears here because I love the NFL. I love Colin Cowherd. Um, you know, I listen to him all the time. I like his hot takes. I know he was a big fan of Josh Allen beforehand, too. And. I, I find it, uh, oh God, who was it? Like when, when Kirk Cousins went from the, the Washington football team, I guess I'll call him that, to what is now the you know, Minnesota Vikings, I was excited. Just like when Josh Allen started getting good, I was like, good, I, I want to see what they can do with a, a quote-unquote better team. So who is, who is your team then, out of curiosity? Yeah, um, I think I very briefly on the side mentioned earlier i'm a giants fan giants fan so yeah i I was curious you you said you were a giants fan i just know that a lot of times people are fans of maybe multiple teams or what have you but you're you're new york through and through yeah i mean i my dad grew up in the middle of new jersey and his parents grew up in the bronx so i'm 
New York across most sports, uh, except for basketball, um, where I'm a Sixers fan. But, um, yeah, so I am a Giants fan, and that fits in with my New York for the most part. I I take it you remember that Daniel Jones run where he, uh, the turf monster got him? (laughs) Yeah, I think I was working, I worked at a bar in the kitchen for a little bit, and I think I was working in the bar when that happened, (laughs) and, uh, yeah, that was a uh, very interesting run. It was still like a 60 or 70 yard run, I think, which is still very impressive, but... <laughs> that man had a hold as wide as a, a Tonka truck, and he was just a going. I I don't know what happened. I I, I'm, I was so sad when I saw it, but I don't know how he tripped or why he tripped, but yeah, he did, and it was, it was disastrous. I mean, I think they still ended up scoring a touchdown like two or three plays later, but still uh wasn't a great look and people <laughs> tweet that gif constantly <laughs> yeah I, I i wish he would have gotten it because that was that was a hell of a run i don't know what the longest quarterback sneak would have been but i i think that would have had to have ranked up towards the top um what do you think about these taunting calls in in the that the nfl is trying to introduce a little bit more often now i I okay so being a Giants fan there was a quote that came out from John Mara a couple weeks ago where he was saying like oh yeah we need to be cracking down on this and I could not disagree more mm-hmm. <laughs> um I think it's fine and they're just taking the fun out of the game like I like I I don't get why like it's always like it just makes the game more fun and they've even like alleviate they've lightened up on some of this in previous years with um like celebrations after plays they're allowing more stuff with that and team celebrations and it feels like they're just walking in the opposite direction from where they were taking the league just a couple years ago so you're a big fan of the celebrations and 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 the the elaborateness that goes with the celebrations yeah, I mean, these guys worked really hard to get to the level they're at, and if they're clowning other people who are really great at their sport, like, they earned the right to do that. I, I, I will give you that some of them are good. I You know, some of the celebrations are pretty awesome. Um, I, I'm a huge Packer fan, and I'm not a fan of Randy Moss whatsoever, but I remember when Randy, I think it was Randy Moss, he mooned the Packers after scoring a brilliant <laughs> touchdown. I thought it was hilarious. You know, I'm I'm all for those quick, just little short celebrations. But the one where you line up like a bunch of bowling pins, you you roll the defensive, you know, you, you roll your tackle at all the guys, and they all fall down. It's like, 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 at what point does it go over the top? You know what I mean? Like some of them are great, like I said. But at what point do you do you find yourself looking at a celebration and go, maybe that was a little too pre-planned. You know, maybe that was a little too much in the works. Oh, my, I think my favorite is, I don't remember who it is. Uh, I think he played for the Saints, but he scored a touchdown and he had hidden a cell phone (laughs) in the rubber of the pylon. Uh, And then he went and got the cell phone and like called his kid and was like, hey, I just scored a touchdown. (laughs) Oh my God, I remember that. That was absolutely ridiculous. um, You know, those those are great. I, I will admit that. And 
The reason why I brought up the taunting, and I guess the celebrations come with it, is because I saw a taunting call. Uh, uh, let's see here, because I have it. I, I wrote it down. Um, so there's a taunting call. The, the Chargers, I guess, had a, had a taunting call, which I was like, no, not even close. Um, and then there was a, another taunting call where the guy had, uh, I think it was the Chargers. It was like a five-yard run. And then his like his offensive line just got behind him and pushed him like another five ten yards. It was fantastic. He gets up, he's pumped. He's like, yeah, hell yeah. And I'm like, good for you. And the refs like taunting. And I was like, okay. He was excited. It was a great play. You got an extra ten yards because the offensive line pushed you. Like that's not taunting. And then the week before, it it was basically the same thing, but it didn't get called, and I was confused. And I don't, I just I wish they would be consistent. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's. Yeah, I think I saw that play too, and that that's what I'm talking about with, like, that guy carried, like, two or three defenders for, like, yeah. five or ten years, oh, yeah. and he deserves to celebrate that because he just carried, like, three times his body weight, if not more, for a while. Um, yeah. And it's, it's the same thing that... <clears throat> it's looking like the same thing that happened with the pass interference calls is happening with this rule because... It took them like a full season to figure it out. And even then they just kind of stopped caring about it. And so I think the same thing's going to happen where they're going to start calling it more and then they're going to stop calling what, like, like you said, a week later, they're not going to call something that was a taunting yeah. call a week ago. And it's just going to be terrible. And I think it's stupid that they're cracking down on it in the first place. Like it, it's the mental aspect of football is super undervalued and if you're gonna crack by some dude just flexing at you or saying something <laughs> to you like that's and like yeah mental health matters and i care yeah. about mental health but that's different from like just cracking under pressure because somebody destroys you and then lets you know about it oh yeah uh i, I, I think it's called chirping i'm letter kenny i don't know yeah yeah, yeah you know what you're talking uh, Jalen Ramsey, I was watching some mic'd up about him earlier today. I was getting a little pumped. That man chirps like nobody else I have ever seen. And some of the most mundane, normal plays, like, I get it, you're pumped, bro, but, like, pump the brakes. You know, let's take 20% off of it a little bit. Well, it's, yeah, it's the funniest with the cornerbacks because it'll be a, uh, it'll be a dropped ball and the wide receiver should have caught it and mm -hmm. they'll still be like putting up the X or like doing the like no <laughs> no completion sign and um, I think they shouldn't crack down on taunting just because that's funny yeah. and like guys gloating about the other guy just not doing their job is funny. Yeah. It, it's great but I just like like Jalen Ramsey I guess he was the best because I guess he had a lot of highlights on you know the, the mic'd up but that man chirps like nobody I've seen before. Just some of the most mundane. Oh. Yeah. He's he's notorious for just playing head games with his receivers and talking to them while they're on the <laughs> line. And, like, I think I've seen stuff about him, like, following, like, DMing guys' girlfriends that he's going to match up against <laughs> oh on Instagram. God. And it's great. I love it. Like, that's... That's what corners have done to get in wide receivers' heads for years. Like, look at guys like Deion Sanders. Like, watch his highlights. Hear him talk about how much he was just trying to get in people's heads. 
Dude, I, I mean, well, I if you're going up against somebody like, uh, uh, who was it, the Honey Badger or whatever that that guy, uh, Tyron, yeah, how do you pronounce his last name? I, I Tyron do, Matthew. I do like. I, I, I don't watch the much of the Chiefs, but I, I'm kind of a fan that they don't call him that anymore because it, it doesn't seem like he's earned that reputation. Like he's like, okay, you're good in the college, but you know when we come to the NFL, it's something else. But I mean, think of some of those greats that you go up against, like Tyreek Hill. That man has speed like nobody's business. And, you know, maybe he runs like a 4-2-4-1 and you're like a 4-4-4-5 and you're supposed to cover him. Even with 10 yards to maybe even 5 to start with him to catch up, how are you going to stop that? How do you stop something like that other than to get in the dude's head? Just, you know, like, maybe, yeah, maybe I'll get him to slip up. But, man, I couldn't even imagine going against, like, somebody like Randy Moss who's got a vertical that's just like, I, I mean, some of the plays that they, they, they were used to talk about was just, okay, Moss, go up and get it. That used to be the play. Just, could you imagine being so good that it's like, Randy, go like 30 yards and I'll toss you the ball. <laughs> like, yeah, They're, to literally have the idea of just jumping over someone and catching a football named after you yeah. is insane. And that's just how good Randy Moss was at what he was doing. Yeah. Uh, I, I can't believe that. Uh, something else that I can't believe is the Browns and Giants. I think it was week one where you guys had wrapped up. Uh, I forget. It was some backup, but like he was escaping and they blew the whistle real quick, real fast. I, I like preseason. I like preseason because you get to see different people come out and play with it. But uh, did you did you see what I was talking about? Where you guys almost had the sack, but he was getting out of it, and the refs blew it a little too quick. I didn't see that. Yeah. I haven't been watching a ton of preseason because okay. I've been busy when the games have been on a lot, and um, I just kind of watch clips on Twitter, yeah. uh, stuff like that. Um, but yeah, I I I kind of get it. I mean, there's a reason they cut it down from four preseason games to three. They mm -hmm. want to stop guys from getting hurt, um, and so I think that makes sense. It's like the Pro Bowl. Um, <laughs> it's like it's ba it's barely even football at that point. <laughs> it's yeah, I. I... I mean, the one year that there was a flag in the Pro Bowl, I count that as a, as a game because there was a flag. Um, Ed Hockley, by the way, is, is, I don't know, you know who Ed Hockley is, right? Oh, uh, yeah. absolute legend. I love that, man. Um, he, I love his officiating. Yes, there, uh, what was it? Yes, there are flags in the Pro Bowl or something crazy <laughs> like that. Oh, yeah. God, Ed, Ed Hockley's a beast. <laughs> but I, I was just kind of surprised because, like, it wasn't even that good of a wrap up that that that, that you guys had that, that you had on the Browns. But it was like that that was manageable. But they were just so quick on the whistle. It was like they were looking for an excuse to stop the play. And I I wasn't too thrilled about it, but I was excited for it. Um, I I do I, I'm like you. I don't have time for the real games. I watch a lot of the highlights. I can't stand uh, my stepdad made a very good point he said that the games themselves have become too too politicized too over the top it's i want to watch sports i don't care about anything behind it i just want to see athletes go at it. and that's what i think i get out of just the highlights all right so i take it you probably watch a lot of just the highlights or uh sometimes once the regular season hits i usually watch full games i 
um, the past few years being in college, you get a really sweet discount on Red Zone and Sunday Ticket. Nice. So I was able to watch all the out-of-market games. So what would end up happening is uh, I'd have one, my one buddy come over to my apartment, and on one TV we'd have a Red Zone where uh, Red Zone just flips between all the games where teams are close to scoring or they'll show like when a big play happens um, or like something crazy happens. And then uh, on the other TV, we'd have a full game we wanted to watch. So like he was an Eagles fan and I'm a Giants fan. Um, so we would either have the Eagles or Giants game on if that was on or another team that we had a bunch of guys in fantasy on, something like that. That makes sense. Uh, so I do – oh, wait, I, I've – wasn't it the Giants that went to four back-to-back Super Bowls and lost all four of them, right? That was that was the Giants. That was the Bills. Oh, that was the Bills. That was the Bills. The and Bills. the Giants won one of those Super yeah, Bowls right. on a shanked 30-something yard kick. Oh, that's right, because that started the downward spiral of the Bills. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so if you do – if I got to ask, then what is uh, – because I'm a big fan. Uh, like last year – uh, I'm a big fan of, I guess you would call it diversity. Like, yes, I love the Green Bay Packers. Yes, I would love to see them in every single Super Bowl. Just like I'm sure you'd love to see your Giants in every Super Bowl. But last year presented some int- an interesting possibility where it could have been the Packers versus the Bills. It could have been the Browns versus the Bills. It could have been this very interesting... D- and and my, my, my Super Bowl that I wanted to see was like, let's take the Browns who have never won a Super Bowl... And let's see the Bills, who like have have not been to a Super Bowl in a long time, put them in you know a Super Bowl matchup and and kind of you know go into a you know like into a dream scenario. So if you had to pick maybe one or two Super Bowls that you would like to see as a fan of just football in general, what would be your your top two actual Super Bowls that you would like to see played out? Ooh, that's interesting. Um, yeah, I definitely. I love the Bills. Uh, my team, my uh, second favorite team, flips back and forth. Um, back in like 2014, 15, I had Aaron Rodgers and Jordy Nelson in fantasy, so it was uh, the Packers for a while. Um, and yeah, it flips back and forth a little bit. But right now, my second favorite team is definitely the Bills. Um, and so I think any of my dream Super Bowls have the Bills in it. Um, and so then I got to pick an NFC team. Um, I mean, love the Giants being in the Super Bowl. However, that would be a tough matchup for me to watch because for different (laughs) reasons, I would want both teams to win. Um, let's see. I like, uh, let's see. I know it, it's hard because a lot of NFC teams have done really, really good. Um, like, what is it? The Chargers have never, they really haven't been into it. They're, I'm pretty sure they're AFC. You know, the Browns, the Bills, like a lot of the AFC teams really don't have, have that strong offense or that strong defense that could help carry them. 
or they get to a specific time and then like what was it the bucks just came out and it's like you know tom brady does what tom brady does and just tom brady's it <laughs> if yeah. you can use him as as all the different <laughs> languages um you, you know it's as you're looking i've i've always found it interesting to to find the little matchups and I like how Colin does his little prediction maps and you get to, you get to watch the evolution, especially as you go throughout the season to go, you know, this is how team A is evolving or team B is evolving and you, you get really interested in it. And I just, I like to see those teams that maybe not, not that maybe aren't super heavy favored or something along those lines. Those are, those are some of the nice matchups that I like. Yeah. Oh, you know who I like? Okay. Here's who I like in the NFC. Um, I mean, the Saints have had some success in the mm -hmm. past. They won a Super Bowl. It's Drew Brees, and they're always in the playoff picture. But, dude, I love Jameis Winston. I think he's a really just fun quarterback to watch mm -hmm. play football. Um, and I, I think it would be fun if he's really good this year. Yeah, I was watching some of the highlights, and he was looking good. I feel, though, like he might end up like Teddy Bridgewater. You know, a good, solid backup. Not not really good enough to be a starter, but not really bad enough to be a second string. Like he's he's kind of in between. You know what I mean? Like he's just good enough, but he's not good enough. It's it's kind of a hard hard I mean, take. The thing with Jameis Winston is, like he did lead the league in passing one year. Mm -hmm. um, and I was actually I didn't get in an argument, but I kind of responded to somebody slandering him online. Uh, and so I was looking at his stats and he's had people talk about his interceptions and the 30 interception year. Uh, and people always frame it as 30 touchdowns, 30 interceptions, but actually downs and 30 interceptions, which is a very small difference, but it's yeah. very big when you're thinking about touchdown interception ratio. And he actually has had more touchdowns than interceptions every year of his career. Um, it's just that a lot of his interceptions were in unfortunate moments, and so people remember them. Yeah. Um, and I mean, I, I also grew up watching Eli Manning, so maybe I'm a, just a little more sympathetic towards <laughs> that kind of quarterback who like blows everything up, throws a ton of yards, ton of touchdowns, but also has a couple more interceptions than he should. Yeah. <laughs> but also... Jameis Winston got LASIK eye surgery since the last time he was a starter, and uh, I think that could help him a lot. Well, I mean, take a look at Brett Favre. The the dude was just a gunslinger. It it was absolutely I like I was astonished that we made it to a Super Bowl and won, you know, against Drew Bledsoe and and the Patriots. So, but then again, Favre had that very famous cross body uh, cross cross field throw, uh, you know, when he was with the with the Vikings that ultimately that he used to do, but you know, once you become that old man, you just can't do. And you know, that's one of the biggest problems that I see in the NFL is that a lot of players even uh, are, are defined by, you know, that one big bad moment. And that's, that's something that I fall into a lot too, because I watch the NFL at, at a casual place, you know, where, you know, that's all I'm catching are the highlights. So that massive, you know, that massive uh, interception that Jameis Winston might throw, I see that, and, you know, yeah, I see the two or three touchdowns that he throws. I don't see all the great first down passes. I don't see the great check downs. I don't see all that other all that other great stuff that happens out there. But you see that interception with the two minutes to go on the two-minute drive, you know, and you're like, ah, that guy sucks, you know, so. Yeah. I feel you. Well, yeah, and Brett Favre, 
literally his first pass in his NFL career was a pick six. <laughs> that doesn't surprise <laughs> me. <laughs> so, Judger uh, <clears throat> Man, not on his first play, but on, I don't know, you probably don't even want to judge him on his final play because usually no. those are pretty bad too. <laughs> Well, I mean, I can judge him for his off-the-field antics and, you know, the craziness that he was, that, that was with Brett Favre. And I'm, I'm really hoping it doesn't happen with Rodgers. And as much as I, as much as it pains me to see what's going on with Rodgers right now, I would be very interested to see him in a different uniform. Because because I think of this, if Brady can go to another, another team, learn an offense on a COVID year with no preseason and do that... And Rodgers, according to almost all the other analysts that are out there, are is quote unquote better than Tom Brady at times, if not all the time. Uh, yeah, let's put him on. Let's give you know, like uh, what was it? it was, there was talk about him going to the Broncos or him going to the Saints. Give him that Saints O line. I saw Win James Winston. He had all day. I saw Taysom Hill have all day. Just that you know. Okay, let's see what let's see what Rogers can do there with maybe a better team who is uh, maybe a different style office or something like that. I mean, what you got a take on that at all with the whole Rogers controversy? Um, it's all okay now because you traded for Randall Cobb. <laughs> yeah, Randall Cobb is here to save the day. He's the savior you needed. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! I can't believe they they went back and got Cobb after all that. I just that. Well, I mean, like, hey, it's what it's what they needed to do to get Rogers back. Well, remember how he's talking? Was it at that tight end that he was talking about, where he's like, "Yeah, I really like that guy." And he was cut the next week or something crazy like that. Like, yeah, and there was there was another player he was talking about um, in a press conference a couple weeks ago, and one of the reporters <laughs> joked about like, "You just doomed his career." Yeah, you just doomed it, like. That's that's gotta suck so much. Be like, yeah, yeah. Randall Cobb's a great wide receiver. Hey, Cobb, you want to go to the Texans? It's just like, <laughs> all right. I guess God, I I I don't, I I couldn't imagine that. I just could not well, imagine that. I mean, I totally get Rogers being pissed though. Like, there were it, it was the probably the deepest wide receiver draft in history, and they mm. draft a quarterback in the first yeah. round, like. Excuse me, if I like, if I'm Aaron Rodgers, I'd be pissed too. <laughs> like, I think he's completely. I think how he's handling it might be a little unreasonable at times. Also, though, it is hilarious him just like like campus starting, and there's just videos of him hanging out in some <laughs> tropical country with oh what 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 I think it was Miles Teller. Was I, it or was it another actor? I could really I don't know. Tell he you. was hanging out with some actor and his wife in like a tropical country and just like, yeah, my team's out there grinding on the field right now and this is what I'm doing because I want to get traded. I'm sipping my ties on the beach. What are you gonna do about it off what are you gonna do about a front office? Yeah. I I mean And it's he's he's Aaron Rodgers, so yeah. he can do that because he's gonna come back and still be Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. The, the only thing I I, I I I don't like his attitude towards it. I mean, I, I get he's got a chip on his shoulder. I, I, I 100% agree with you on everything you just said. But it's kind of what happened with him and Favre. You know, they're like, Favre's on his way out. Let's let's pick up the guy from Cal State. You know, that was that was pretty awesome. So, like, I, I feel like he should have maybe kind of foreseen it. But at the same time... I, like Favre thought he still had his gas in the tank, and then we saw what happened there, you know. And and 
I'm just kind of waiting for that downfall, but the downfall hasn't happened yet. So, uh, you know, maybe Rodgers can go another, you know, 10 years like, like Brady's been doing. But at the same time, I see why they did it. But I, I, I thought he had more say. I thought he had more pull than he did. But I guess not. Yeah. <laughs> I, I am- just I want to I want to see Rodgers win one more Super Bowl. I think he deserves it after some of the yeah like he is the reason the Packers have been as good as they have been for as long as they have been. Oh, yeah. And like all the like yeah people want to talk about him not winning NFC uh, championships and all that, but think about all the stuff he did that the team would have lost if it was any other quarterback in existence playing quarterback where they wouldn't have even been in the championship game. The dude is a magician. The dude is David Blaine of football. (laughs) And, like, you just gotta... He deserves a team around him that can take him to a Super Bowl again. Yeah, for sure. And and speaking of magicians, um, you, you run a YouTube channel uh, I don't have it up right now. I think I actually adjusted it on your little doohickey. Let me look at my other screen. Uh, noise noodles. So you decided yes. to, to pull one out of the, the rabbit's hat here, and you, you you do comedy, right? Yes, that's correct. Uh, I never have a good way to describe the music we make, and we make like sketches and stuff also, but... Okay. We started as a band, and that's our bread and butter. Um, I, yeah, it's hard for me to describe because I would describe us like Tenacious D or like other comedy bands like that. But like, I, I think we're like a combination of a bunch of those bands, and we take different aspects from a lot of them. What, what made you get into a band, and then also what made you do comedy to begin with? Sure. Um, Well, I started playing music in general in eighth grade um, because I wanted to play at my church's youth praise band. Um, And so that's that's how I started on music. And then I think about a year or two later, uh, my cousin started playing more or less same instruments I did um I mean he was in music before though he had played trumpet in middle school and had wanted to delve into guitar and stuff like that um so I've just played music for a really long time and then him and I kind of being on the musical journey together and like growing up together uh we for a very long time like a few years we're like oh we should start a band Mm -hmm. oh we should start a band and then finally, uh, at one point, I sent him a meme that there was a rattlesnake in it, uh, and he was like, and it was like, I think he called it like a danger noodle, danger noodle and then he yeah. was like, oh, it's not, it's not a danger do- noodle, it's just a noise noodle, and then I was like, <laughs> that's a great band name, and he was like, let's make that the name of our band and let's actually start our band this time nice. uh, and so we did um, and I don't know as for the comedy um, so he handles a lot of the musical aspect of things um, he chooses a lot of the keys and 
um, does a lot of the chord progressions, stuff like that. And I do a lot of the writing of the lyrics and a lot of the planning for other stuff like that. Um, and so I've always been drawn to comedy. Um, I have always liked making people laugh. And I, when I was a kid, I took like eight years of acting classes uh, and... I always loved like improv and that aspect of comedy. And then this was just another avenue to outlet how I wanted to make people laugh. So I, I know uh, a couple of my friends have told me I should try stand up. I'm not. I'm not trying to toot my own horn here. I don't. I don't think I'm that funny. I really don't. I can make them laugh their asses off. I can make them lose a couple of pounds if I really tried giggling but they're my friends they understand my my humor how do you get up on stage and just go i'm gonna make these 20 you know these 30 100 people or whatever your crowd size is giggle uh, until they can't take it anymore what's your approach how do you get the confidence just give me i don't know i don't know how to ask this question i don't know where i'm going please take the reins away from me before before yeah. something bad happens sure i i started doing stand-up a year or two ago um and I was just kind of watching, I mean, I was watching a John Mulaney special on YouTube, ah. which he is a master of the craft. He's and amazing. I, I don't think there is a stand-up comic in existence that doesn't want to emulate John Mulaney. But I was just kind of watching him and thinking about stories of stuff that has happened to me. And I was like, I could do this. <laughs> um, <laughs> and so... I started writing and I decided I wanted to start doing stand up in the middle of COVID, which is absolutely the greatest time to decide you want to uh, perform in front of people. Couldn't have picked um, a better time, man. Couldn't have picked a better time. And I, I dabbled a little bit at the front with doing um, like Zoom stand up, and then I hated that and <laughs> I stopped doing Zoom stand up. Uh, and then things finally started opening back up again and I was able to start going to venues. Um, for me, it's all about storytelling. Um, all of my bits have different stories interwoven between them. Uh, and I like using stories as an anchor to allow me to make jokes through. Um, and I think that's the direction a lot of stand-up comics take it nowadays um and i mean talking about like having friends and like uh friends tell it like making friends laugh and stuff like my friends are my testing ground i'll <laughs> yeah. write a bit and then anytime i see an opportunity to practice any of my bits in normal conversation i'll say it and then i'll the next time it comes up, I'll say it a different way to someone else and see what works and see what doesn't. Uh, and since, like, I mean, like, professional stand-ups go to, like, the small open mics that are mm. my, like, main performances to practice <laughs> their material. So yeah. I got to find an even smaller crowd than what I would be performing in front of to practice in front of. Uh, so I just use my friends as guinea pigs. So I take it then you would like you like somebody like Jim Jeffries then. Yes, I yeah. haven't listened to a ton of his stuff, but I do. My my favorite stand up is Mike Birbiglia. 
Yes. Um, and he, what I love about him is he's just super raw mm -hmm. and like his, like he gets deep. Like, yeah, his stuff is super funny and he's hilarious, but then like, I think there's been one or two of his specials that I literally like cried. And my favorite special of all time is uh, his special, My Girlfriend's Boyfriend, um, which is on Netflix. Um, hilarious special. Also, I've definitely cried while watching it on at least one occasion. Tears of happiness, tears of sadness, tears of the like, were you laughing too hard or? Uh, the the special hits some deep themes, okay. Um, but also it is very funny. So I think both. Okay, all right. <laughs> I've cried tears of happiness and sadness watching it, um, which I feel like is like that's great comedy. Yeah. Where like one second you're like having an existential crisis and uh, you feel terrible and then the next second you're laughing so hard that you don't feel terrible anymore very true very true that's um i do like mike berbiglia i i like his style it's it's very different than a lot of the comedians that i listen to uh you know i i'm more of a jim jeffries burt kreischer tom segura uh huge on bill burr excuse me that's where i that's where i take a lot of my hot takes and i don't know if you've ever listened to bill, uh, bill burr's podcast but uh, yeah like I, I try to emulate that because that seems to be what gets a lot of the giggles out of people with me. So, um, I, I do have to ask, uh, do you have any good bombing stories where you just absolutely eaten poop and just, you couldn't recover? Um, I, I'm still pretty, pretty green. I haven't done a ton of open mics or shows, so I don't have a ton of great bombing stories, but I will say, um, I have found I'm better. Uh, I've had a lot of performances where the stuff I didn't write and I just kind of went on stage and said has done better than my prepared material a lot of the time. So nice. um, <clears throat> I lived in Orlando, Florida for a couple months um, and I had just moved there. And I was like, I have no clue what I'm going to say as the, like, opener warm-up stuff before I actually get into the story I want to tell. So I just told a bunch of Florida jokes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and people love that way more than the story I told. Um, and so I was just kind of standing up there on stage like, huh, that's... And what does that say about my writing ability that I spend <laughs> hours uh, writing and editing and double checking, uh, making sure I like the verbiage of this bit, and then I can go up and talk about cranes for five minutes, and that does better. I, I think I think sometimes uh, people can tell when something is curated versus when it's just off the cuff kind of thing. Um, like when a comedian still laughs at his own bit and you can tell it's a, a genuine laugh, I think that gets the audience riled a little bit more because you're like, okay, this is more of a, this is, this is a more personal thing. And it's not just like, 
and the dog did burr. You know, so maybe maybe <laughs> that. But then again, you were in Florida, so I don't know what that says to anything. <laughs> so um when you do stand like when you do stand up uh I, I do have to ask what was your first time like if you can kind of uh talk a little bit about that was there a big rush did you throw up beforehand where there's a lot of adrenaline or was it just fuck it let's rock it um so my first time doing stand up was actually at a uh talent show that i was also hosting okay <laughs> so it was pretty fun because i i got to do a bit where i introduced myself onto the stage and then i walked off and then back on <laughs> um and um that was pretty great um i was a little nervous because it was like I'd written all of this like months earlier and um, I I'm not a very detail oriented person but then I am when I'm writing stand up so like if I'm writing like a if I was writing a school report or if I'm writing like an email for work uh, I'm not super I like don't I'm like I just want to get this done and ship this off but yeah. then when I'm doing stand-up, I'm like, I actually uh, care about this a lot more. Um, and I'm not being told I have to do this, so I'm putting more effort towards it. I feel um, yeah. I don't know. I'm just kind of anti-establishment sometimes and don't like when people tell me what to do. And so I don't try as hard. I feel you <laughs> um, on that. And so... Um, yeah, there was some ner there were a lot of nerves. And I think I ended up uh missing like two parts of the story but then the parts i did tell went really well uh and it was pretty cool and uh yeah i think it did help though that i was hosting the talent show and like i was talking a lot anyway so it's like all right this is just me talking for a little bit longer than the other spots where i'm talking so you i i, I do apologize here i um I decided I decided to throw off my sleep cycle. I've been up since 3 a.m. today. Um, I went to bed. It's so I watched the third episode of the What If season on Marvel, right? And then my body said 7 p.m. Great time to take a nap. Woke up at three in the morning. Decided that I was going to hit it up with an energy drink that lasted till about nine o'clock, and I've been struggling ever since. So if I ask you a lot of questions, I apologize <laughs> uh, to things you may have already said before. So you said you introduced yourself. Were you the first act or were you like introduce yourself into the act? No. So, uh, and it's fine with the questions. Yeah. I love the sound of my own voice so I can keep talking as much as you <laughs> want me to. Um, so I wasn't the first act. I think I was second or third to last. Okay. Um, and so... I just kind of, I introduced every act and I had little bits uh, between each act where I was like jokingly introducing the next person. And so okay. I just kind of did that for myself by, um, I, I was very vain. <laughs> um, and that was basically the joke was that uh, I was gassing myself up a lot, but they didn't know it was me. And then I told them it was me. Fantastic. 
Well, yeah, I, I can see how that works. Like, uh, I know a lot of people have the fear of just going up and talking. But then again, um, like, I remember I was in a speech class and we had to read a story or something like that that we had. Uh, I forget. I forget. It was some dumb freshman college course. But then again, you know, I'm 27, 28 going into a freshman college course and these kids are all 18 and they're stumbling through the words and you're, you're amping yourself to, up to read it. And then, you know, you, you, you public speak so many times you you have that little ramp up to where you're like, I got this. This is easy. And so, you know, when you're ramping yourself up, I can see why that would make things so much easier as opposed to, and first up, we got DJ Krause. He's going to tell us some jokes. And you're just like, well, fuck it. Here it goes. <laughs> Instead of, you know, like, hey, we got, bruh, bruh. you know, the next thing you know, you're like, oh, you're like pumped and ready. So I, I totally got you. So yeah. I want to, I want to put you to the test a little bit here. You don't, okay. you don't have to be funny if you don't want to. You can give these people general advice. They'll probably never see it. Um. I like to go on Reddit, and on Reddit, there's a great, uh, I mean, that's how you and I met off of uh, the podcast subreddit, but I like to go on advice, and I like to read some people's advice questions. A lot of the advice questions, I think, are, are trash garbage. It's, it's funny, because they have an advice section, and then they have a relationship advice, and for some reason, our advice should be generalized anything. It's purely like, my boyfriend this, blah, 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 and I kind of want to read you the one that I found because it's a little ridiculous. I can't tell if this person is being serious or not. But we're going to start off with a, with a gentleman here by the name of The Accountant. Uh, he says, how can a baby-faced man look his age? I'm 29, but people think I'm 18. When I answer the door to the house that I own, people look past me expecting my dad. I can't grow facial hair very well. My voice isn't that deep. Not high either, but it, it doesn't offset my face. Does anyone have any pointers? How does the accountant not look like he's 18? I think this is pretty easy, and this is a very, very simple fix. Buy a fake mustache. <laughs> That's it. Buy a fake mustache. <laughs> yeah. If you can't grow facial hair and that's his concern, just buy a fake mustache and you glue it on. You could buy a bunch of them. Uh, just buy... <laughs> Like the person delivering your order from Amazon with the giant box of fake mustaches, that's the last person that's going to think that you're young. That, I mean, they do it with toupees, so why not? Yeah, no, that's pretty awesome. Um, I, 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 I knew a lot of people that their facial hair grows super sporadically, and it almost makes it look worse. Um, I'm, I'm literally the same way. Like, if I shave this off, man, I'd look... Like, I remember I was, uh, I was, where was I? I was, oh, that's right. I was in a place I wasn't supposed to be in. Um, uh, literally our orders were blacked out. So we were tech, we were living on a one by one mile base in a place that we technically didn't exist. And so for me, cause like I would get haircuts. I just, ah, everything shaved, just shave everything off. I swear I look 16. Like it's ridiculous. I, if I shave this, I look like a child. Thank goodness I grow a nice full beard. But I mean, like at some, like. I don't think there's any hope for you, you know, other than you're right, a, a fake mustache. Like, there's really no hope for you. It's ridiculous. Um, I thought of a second um, alternative. Um, I think it might work if, like, they don't want to, you know, I get it. You don't want to wear a fake mustache all the time. Mm -hmm. You're, uh, once you take it off, your face is going to be pretty red. Uh, if you're buying cheap ones, which you would have to, if you're buying one for every day of the year, the glue's 
pretty crappy probably. Yeah. Uh, so I, I get it. I get why this guy might want to not go with uh, my previous solution. Um, Don't be a dick. So I think alternatively, every day he could just dress up like a 1920s detective uh, and then that'll make him look older because he's dressing like someone from a previous period of time. But he has yeah. to go all out with it. Like uh, the brown fedora, brown <laughs> trench coat. Um, he's got to start monologuing just ah. out loud. Um, and then uh, if he really wanted to, he could also just wear everything black and white and then wear like black and white makeup. Uh, and then he'd really look like he's old. I, I would love to see the, the greaser look, you know, the slicked hair, the rolled up sleeves with a cigarette pack in it. You know, the, 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 the oh God, the, the Ed Hardy tattoo on the side of a gal. Yeah, that'd be dope. <laughs> Uh, speaking of tattoos here, uh, we have a gentleman by, I'm not even going to try to pronounce that. He's asking us, do neck tattoos still put you at a disadvantage when it comes to jobs? Uh, he says, so I want to get a tattoo on my neck, but I'm worried that my job, well, I, okay, I don't even know if this is a guy or a gal. Uh, so I want to get a tattoo on my neck, but I'm worried that my job prospects won't look good and I'll be turned down because of them. Does anyone out there have any knowledge of the current times or know if this is a good idea? What uh, what do you throw what do you throw out there for this individuals? Um so whatever job they want the most, uh, they should get that company's logo tattooed on their neck. Because oh then God. They'll go in for the interview and they'll be like, look how dedicated I am to your organization. Hire me. And then not only will they have job prospects, they will have the job they wanted. It would be like Daddy Trejo with the, with the cross out, you know, Cindy or what? Instead of Cindy, Home Depot, cross it out. No, I'm all for Lowe's, guys. I'm all for Lowe's. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God, that's great. All right, I, I do want to ask you that one question because I loved it here. Uh, where was it? So uh, this this uh, this this gentleman is asking: uh, Is my girlfriend going to break up with me? Last Sunday, my girlfriend created a shared Tinder profile with some friends in order to go out and party with new people. Her friends want to meet some boys. Uh, they're 22, which is interesting. He calls them bo he calls them boys. Uh, she's been in another city since last week. She told me that she met a hot boy but nothing happens since she thinks that, quote, that our relationship is serious, end quote. We have been together almost four years. Uh, we broke up three months ago because I broke her trust. We went back together a month ago. Since that day, she, the day she met the boy, she uh, rarely replies to my text messages. She told me that she wanted to think about what she wants, disconnected and, and disorganized. And that kind of talks more about some other stuff but you can kind of see where the trend is going there so do you uh you think you think he's going to be single here shortly if not already because this was eight days ago so we're a little, <laughs> we're a little late <laughs> we're a little late um yeah i think he pro i think he is probably reading things correctly and uh <laughs> probably didn't need to ask read it what was happening um but if i were to give him advice i think 
he should just get ahead of it and he should break up with her so that she doesn't break up with him mm-hmm. and then you know he can he he wins cuz he did yeah. it first yeah i the the moment you know cuz like that second it's like oh yeah i broke her trust but we got back together but we we've, we've been together almost 4 years but we broke up 3 months ago and got to be, got back together a month ago and then she's like uh, uh, what was it? Uh, she met a quote hot boy. It's like, bro, come on! Like, like, really? Do you really have to? Like, there's. <laughs> I, I mean, he even if he like trusts that what she said is accurate and she didn't actually cheat on him, um, it still seems like pretty soon she would be getting cold feet, uh, and so. I, or okay, here's here's another idea for how he could fix things if he really cares about her and wants to keep the relationship together. Him, and he gets a bunch of his uh, his his guys, <laughs> no. and they make a joint Tinder account <laughs> until they match with the group of girls, and then they just merge friend groups and they all start dating, and then. Everything is uh, everything's great. That's and and everything's fixed. Uh, yeah, there you go. I I hate those I hate those group photos because like I'm a, I'm a single guy. I'm swiping on Tinder. Come across a group photo. I'm like I already know exactly who the person is that's on this photo. I I know the ex- like it's it's not that hard to pick that like it's really tough when it's a group of all very good looking attractive women where you're like ah who's number two. And then I love it because you'll go to the second photo and it's a photo of two of the girls from the previous photo, but it's just two instead of four. You're like, oh, this is a game. I don't know what we're playing here, but this is a game. <laughs> so the, the, final, the final question here, and, and this one is a little bit more, more relevant. Um, a, a gentleman of Lord 2003 says, I'm always at the bottom of my social circles and I hate it. I'm an 18-year-old male, and honestly, I don't understand why I'm always the butt of jokes constantly disrespected and just shit on in general like why is it the way i look speak walk is it my personality am i too loud i don't have any clue at this point i've always been treated as less isolated felt unimportant and worthless in the end i just isolate slash remove myself from the from these groups it's super hard to find friends and it really sucks is there any advice on how not to be shit on constantly i always stand up for myself but frankly i'm tired as fuck and can't take it anymore. Any advice on how to deal with this? Um, ooh, that's a toughie. I think it depends on who his friends are. Uh, because if it's just a group of guys, that's normal. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that was and my thought. if anything, that means that they respect him a lot. <laughs> yeah. Um, because that's just how it be. Um, and so if if all of his friends are guys and that's who this is happening with he just needs to start like not fighting back and like standing up for himself but he just needs to make fun of them back and then like everything's fine um that's just how normal male relationships generally work um (laughs) however if it is either a combination of men and women or women who are making fun of him that is a separate thing and i think he just kind of needs to get better friends yeah yeah because uh like when i because i know at the beginning of of this 
podcast, right before I actually started recording it, I was like fiddling with overlays and I was doing a bunch of stuff. And I, I texted a buddy of mine. I was like, yo, like, what do you think of this overlay? And, you know, my stupid face is in the photo because, like, I'm trying to figure it out. And he's like, yeah, that dude on the left, he's kind of dumb. But other than that, like, it looks great. And I'm like, ah, don't worry. He'll fuck off. No big deal. And, you know, like, that's that's how it, you're right. That's how it would be. I, I mean, I I realized that I was part of the group when I was finally in the military when people would really dig on me. You know, they, they'd kind of give me a little jabs in here and there. But as soon as people were taking real big pop shots... You know, and like I was really getting ragged on. I was like, I'm part of the group. <laughs> you know, like that's that's just how it is. You know, at the end of the day, of course, I tell everybody, you know, I'm like, I love you, man. No, and, you know, my friends tell me I love them, too. But like if if I'm not getting made fun of, I can tell something's wrong with my friends. I can tell something's, you know, it's like, are you all right, man? Usually you've, you've cracked on me a few times by now. But yeah, I think uh, I hate to I hate to, 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 to say the phrase here, but uh, you need to man the fuck up and realize that's just how it is. But if this, like, you're right, if this is women making fun of you, bro, <laughs> you need to, you need to get out real quick. That's, that's not good. Uh, so with, with COVID and everything else like that, uh, that's out there and that's hip happening with, with everything that's going on, are you actually doing shows and everything like that? Are you actually getting out there and doing things? Yeah, um, when I've been finding open mics for comedy, I've been going out and doing stuff, uh, and, um, yeah, I don't know, I've found stuff where I can find it, I haven't done a ton of stuff, but, uh, in a way that's a little nice, because I can ease my way into it, and then when things are fully opened again, uh, I'll feel comfortable when I'm doing more shows more often. Um, All right. The reason yeah. why the reason why I ask is because um, I'm really good at procrastination. Like uh, I don't film my shows until like there will be sometimes at two in the morning where I'm finishing an episode and I'm uploading it like 20 minutes later. Uh, I I have four inter- I have four interviews in a row. So you're first of four. And you're going up this Saturday. So uh, today is Thursday, the 26th. Do you have any open mics planned or anything open within an area that you're maybe comfortable giving out to people? If somebody in the local area hears about you and wants to go see in real life, or are you maybe not too comfortable with that? Um, I would be comfortable, but I don't have anything going on in the area right now. Um I, as I mentioned earlier, I lived in Orlando for a bit and Mm -hmm. I might end up back there in the future. And that's, uh, if I do, I'm definitely going to do stand up there. So if, uh, people in that area want to look out, I might be around there. Um, other than that, um, Eastern Pennsylvania, my band might do some stuff, but we don't have anything planned right now. And it's it's noise noodle, right? Yep. Yep. Okay. Yep. Yeah. For right now, uh, we're focusing on recording. We just started work. We uh we released our first album this past February, uh, on Valentine's Day actually. Nice. Uh, I I told myself uh, instead of just being sad on Valentine's Day, I wanted to give myself something to be happy about. So I released an al- or, uh, we released our album because uh, I gave me something to celebrate. Um, and then we're working on another album now. Um, we had a little bit, we had like a six month hiatus after we dropped our album, but we're back to, back to recording. We're going to 
start uploading a lot more frequently now. Uh, so our YouTube channel is going to be popping pretty soon. All right. And um, I will go ahead and throw uh, everything kind of in, in all the good stuff. I'll definitely link to you guys as well, too. And your little overlay, uh, I know you can't see it because of recording now, but it, it, it's got noise noodles, noise noodles, I think. Maybe I spelled it wrong. Maybe I'll edit it and post, whatever. <laughs> we'll, I'll figure it out. But I'll, I'll definitely link to it. You know, send everybody your way, which is dope. Um, so uh, I want to thank you very much, uh, DJ Kraus. So thank you so much for coming on. Thanks for the football talk. It's been nice to talk to somebody who's competent in football. Uh, you know, my, my buddy who I did Marvel with. It, um, sorry, how unprofessional my phone. Uh, it, it's great because my buddy who's super Marvel, which is awesome. I love talking to him, but I'm like, hey, man, what about the Washington football team? He's like, sports ball? I don't know anything about it. So I appreciate you coming on, talking to sports ball with me. Thanks for diving into comedy. Is there anything you want to shout at? Anything else you want to pimp? Anything else you want to let the people know? Nope. Uh, just uh, noise noodles on YouTube. Uh, our goal is to hit 100 subscribers before January 1st. Uh, I set that goal on January 1st last year. Uh, and... Um, I think we were a little under 50 at the time and now we're around 70 something. So, um, definitely trying to hit that goal. Uh, feel free to check us out. Like I said, we do music sketches. Um, we've done just weird. We did a video where we like read our comment sections, which are pretty weird. Um, <laughs> especially after, uh, we had one of our songs played on the Pat McAfee show and what? then a bunch of his guys came and commented in our comment section, which was pretty fun. Um, Seriously, you made it to the Pat McAfee show? They played us twice. That's dope. I love the Pat McAfee show. That's hilarious, man. Um, oh, my God. But, yeah, so feel free to go. Uh, we'd love to have people subscribe so we can hit our hit our sub goal by the end of the year. For sure. I, I've, I, I do, I think you're going to be the third, the third video cast I've been able to upload. Um, I, I did a, I, I did a, I redid my whole, my whole YouTube channel of not too long ago. And I thought what better way to do the podcast than to do video casts. I don't know if you listened to uh, PKA at all, those guys. Uh, uh, I have not. No. But... Uh, yeah. It's, it's three dudes and they usually have a guest and they have a nice little video format. I thought, Video podcasts are pretty dope, so wanted to throw it up there. I think it's a little bit more engaging than sometimes just listening to who people talk. So, again, DJ Kraus, I want to thank you very much. Uh, just kind of hang tight here for a quick second after we're done. And to all you beautiful people out there listening, I love all your faces. And uh, I'm going to be doing a lot of recording, so you'll hear a bunch of episodes in succession, and hopefully all of them again be good. All right, love your faces, everybody. See ya.